Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 177 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, February 15th, and oh, it's been a while since we've done this fucking podcast, yeah. Uh, here with Mike, How's, how reunited, and it feels so good. How, how does it feel to be reunited once again after such a long sabbatical from the podcast? It feels good. I, I think uh, having a little bit of a break actually uh, was beneficial. Kind of a mental break. Yeah, it's good also, for the marriage, you know. Also, uh, I've been so fucking busy with school projects and shit. Like, I had I studied for an art exam uh, that I had this week, and then I had to, I'm working on the the audio uh, project, which was an oral history project uh, with the interview that I did with the screenwriter of the Funhouse, uh, Larry Block, and it went it went good. Initially, it was a little uh, awkward because we had some technical difficulties. Uh, I realized that you can't really record uh, video footage with your uh, screen recorder if you're trying to use video with Skype at the same time. The two won't work together. Yeah, I hate I hate all that technical shit when it comes to doing stuff like that. It, it almost makes me not even want to do it because it's like, uh, I like that's why I avoid like streaming and I avoid like uh the Google Hangouts and all that crap. Like it's just so I don't know. I'm probably being lazy about it. It's probably Google not- Hangouts seem to be okay. Like that seems to be a lot easier to record a screen recorder with because it's doing because that because it's doing everything for you. Uh, the screen recorder software is a separate thing, so it just doesn't know how to deal with uh the webcam feed. In two different places, apparently, I didn't know about that, and but also I'd never tried to do that because normally when I do interviews and podcasts and whatever, it's audio. We don't we don't do video uh, at the same time. Um, but Skype actually does have an option where they record something automatically for you. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We cool. we've just kind of found our Frankenstein method of well, exactly. doing this and podcast, works. and it works. <laughs> so it's like, don't fuck with the formula. No, but not yeah, at all. no. I've been just su- like you shouldn't fuck with cats. Yes, uh, <laughs> and we are getting to that. Um, but before we do, I'll just give an, a quick update on on my life since the last time I've done one of these. Um, Mr. Busy B uh, promoting your band and selling t-shirts and yeah, getting yeah. ready for a tour. Yeah, I mean, you pretty which, much pretty much just described everything I've been doing, so I guess I don't yeah. have to now. No, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, we got new shirts made for the band. Uh, I'll probably get to put the link to those new shirts in the description of this podcast if you want to check them out. It's like we took the Brady Bunch uh, theme where it's like the uh, like the eight windows of, you know, people. And instead of 
the Brady Bunch, obviously, we put all the characters from Dancing with Ghosts videos. So you got the witch in there, you got the evil priest, you have Sabel, you have the white people. That's the best uh-huh. way I can describe them is the white people because they're covered in white paint. Uh, and then Callus and Alaric. Um, and in the middle, instead of saying the Brady Bunch, it says Dancing with Ghosts in the same exact font. Didn't you do a video? I remember you did a video for that. Yeah, too. yeah, yep, we did. And that's the video came first. And then Stephanie one day was like, oh, why don't we make a T-shirt out of the last bit where it's the squares of all of us in it or whatever. It's like, that would be a really dope T-shirt idea. Uh-huh. And so we did it, and getting shirts made is always a pain in the ass if you're doing it independently because you have to find a screen printer or a, a you know a shop that does shirts of some kind. And there's a bunch of different kinds of shirts that you can have done. Um, direct to garment printing is one way, which I don't really like because it just looks um, I don't know. It looks kind of like cheesy to me. Like I'm kind of old school. I think screen printed shirts look the best mm-hmm. with like the actual ink on the shirt, you yeah. know, and all. Um, but yeah, it they ended up being really expensive to produce. But if we sell them at twenty two bucks a piece, we'll make our money back and a little bit of profit. And then on top of that, I've been booking a fucking tour through the Midwest. And let me tell you, people, there is nothing. Uh, less fun than booking a fucking tour on your on your own. Uh, when I say on my own, I mean me and Stephanie because she is. Well, yeah, because a lot of the times when tours are booked, like when you think about like bands who go on tour, uh, you don't really hear about that aspect of independent bands booking their own tours. No, no, you don't because you'll... a lot of it is just oh, your band manager he does all of that, and you yeah, know, they don't have to really you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, or you get like a booking agent. But the yeah. problem is, is the booking agent takes uh, cuts from your show mm-hmm. profits, you know, so any money yeah. you make from the show, they take a cut of that, and then your manager takes a cut of it, too. So you get start getting all these people that get their fucking hands in your pie, but, man, after booking this tour, it's like, man, a, a booking agent m- might be worth their weight in gold. So, so far, our itinerary is, um, and I, I, May 31st, we're in Atlanta. June 1st, we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. June 2nd, Indianapolis, Indiana. June 3rd, Chicago, Illinois. June 4th, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, June 6th, we're in Baldwin, Wisconsin, but that's for a wedding. That That's the whole reason this tour began, was some lady found us on Spotify and asked us, emailed me asking us to play her wedding so uh, at first I was like, hell to the no, I'm not driving all the way up to Wisconsin for that. But then f- for what, I don't know which one Cha-ching. of us, I don't know which one of us <laughs> thought of the idea, dude, honestly, the money I'm going to make for that wedding is, is going to go straight into this tour. Like I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to make any money from this tour, but I'm hoping to at least break even. If I could break even, that would be amazing. Well, if you sell some t-shirts, you know, CDs, you know. That probably helped too. It will help for sure. Um, but then we got June seventh, Des Moines, Iowa. June eighth, St. Louis, Louisiana. Uh, June ninth, Memphis, Tennessee. June tenth, Nashville, Tennessee. And then finally, June eleventh, Montgomery, Alabama. So if you're in any of those cities I just named, and you have any interest whatsoever of uh, coming out, please get at me. Uh, like our band, Dancing with Ghosts, on Facebook, or just post in the group or whatever, uh, so I can. Email these uh, owners of these venues or these, you know, whoever the bookers are and be like, hey, we have a fan base in this city, blah, 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 you know, so. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I also want to mention how the fuck, I, I will never know this, I don't know how the fuck anyone ever booked a tour before the internet. 
because this is a basic <laughs> this is a basic breakdown of how phone this, calls. Yeah, it's got to be. But even then, like, like how do you? F- okay, so nowadays, the uh, venue owners and the promoters and all that. They want you to do all the legwork yourself. So, any anyway, let's say, Mike, let's say you were in a band and you wanted to book a tour through Portland, Oregon, and I don't know what's another big city out where you live. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Let's, uh, let's Vancouver. Let, let's just say you wanted to do like a two day tour through uh, Portland and Seattle, and you're based out of Vancouver. You don't necessarily know any bands in in those cities, and you don't know any venues. So first thing you have to do is find out what music venues are even in the city. So thankfully, there's the internet, but there's also Uh a website called Indie on the Move that we've been using, which pretty much simplifies and... All you have to do is search a city, and it tells you what venues you know are there already. People probably use the yellow pages, maybe, or you know, some kind of flyer thing, or like a, a special like uh, book that was uh, given to, or or you could buy, or you could get yeah, a hold of probably. with all these. You know, I would imagine there's some venues. Yeah, there's probably some. I think I actually heard of like some, a catalog. Yeah, like yeah, I think I actually heard of something like that existing. Now that you mention it. But anyway, once you find out what venues are, are out there, then you have to email the venue and say, hey, we're interested in booking, you know, for such and such date. And then if if you get a response back, which is rare that you do, and this is after you, I mean, you sometimes you have to send them four or five emails. Um, when you finally get a response back, and let's say they will give you the date, but first, they want you to find all the bands for the bill, and they want them to be local bands, because here's the thing. They know you're not going to draw anybody because you're an out-of-town band. There's no way you would draw anybody unless you have some kind of national presence. You have a, a viral song on YouTube or something where your name has some kind of value, which ours doesn't yet for a lot of these places. So... Because you're not going to draw anyone, they are relying on the local bands to bring their friends, and that's how, you know, the whole thing goes down. So, they want you to find the local bands. Well, how do you find local bands in a city that you don't live in and know nothing about? And then I found that uh, I was told a tip that was actually kind of genius. So, what I did was I'd go to these venue Facebook pages, and I'd go to their events section, and i go to the past events... And basically, you just literally have to look at all the bands that were on the previous bills and and look up each individual profile and see if they even live in the city. And if they do, then you message them and say, hey, I love your music, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to play a show with us? And that's what I've been having to do this whole fucking time. So it's just nothing but bullshitting, really. Yeah, exactly. It sucks. Because you can't be like, I love your music, man. Could you like, but like at the same time. No, you're, you're just like, trying I'm... to get the, the spot filled. You, yeah. don't, you don't care who it is. As long as they live <laughs> in that city and they look like they can bring more than two people to the show. It's like, Wouldn't you're, that be funny if it was hired. that band? It was one of the, that band that was giving you shit for like ripping them off. And you have to send them a message and be like, oh, I. <laughs> Well, the band, I, I, I have no, I have no fear of that ever happening because a that band that has accused us of that lives in Jacksonville, and yeah. and so I know you know I would never run into them playing a show together. But I think I just think that would be funny, like and that, b that whole sort of like and b that band is so fucking 
losery that they only play like <laughs> one show a year. Like they they literally it's just that just just a hypothetical scenario. Yeah, I know. I just you want know, I basically they... just wanted to take that opportunity to like slag that band some more. It was for no one's benefit but my own. <laughs> I'm a very mature individual. But yeah, anyway, so the t-shirts, the bit, you know, booking shows, uh I'm I've actually been able to catch up on making YouTube videos since I've been doing those ranking lists for the bands and uh, I've just found it's a much easier, more efficient way for me to produce videos more consistently and people seem to be liking them. And I mean, honestly, they're getting about the same views as my other videos get that I put a lot of work into. So I don't know. I might be riding this out for a while and see where it takes me. Um, I actually thought about something you said a long time ago in regards to uh, your videos not being high production. You said something to the extent of, yes, but uh, I have the passion in my videos. I'm very yeah. passionate and people... People can feel that and they read that yeah. or whatever, and that's why they subscribe is because, yeah, I uh -huh. may not have the be biggest production, but I have passion for what I'm talking about. And I, yeah. I found that does resonate with my videos, too, because I'm passionate about these bands and this music that I'm talking about. And so I think people have definitely enjoyed, you know, and I know what the fuck I'm talking about with this with Yeah, this stuff. that helps, too. Yeah, so it was like... You can have passion, but if you're like the guy who was bitching about Parasite winning an, winning the Best Picture Oscar, you know, and the Joker didn't, you know, because it wasn't an American movie, then like, it, it, yeah, uh, you, you have passion, but you, you sound like a dumbass. So, so before we get into the the documentary, <laughs> and speaking of movies, I I watched the this movie again last night, and I don't know if I've ever gotten your opinion on it. And last night I was like, I gotta get Mike's opinion on okay. this. Okay. Uh, I watched The Room again with Tommy Wiseau. I still haven't seen that all, that that, uh, that film. What? I've seen clips. I've seen reviews. I guess I think it's because I've seen so many reviews of the movie and so many people have talked about the film that I feel like I've already seen it. Yeah. It's one of those movies. Um, but I, I, I do find the clips hilarious, you know, the whole like, uh, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Dude, you have, to, you have to watch the movie, though, because the, the dialogue and everything in there is just so stilted and, and yeah. weird. And You're I, tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> <laughs> I heard it described as, as if an alien who had no working knowledge of what a movie was, was shown mm -hmm. a couple of movies and then had to make their own movie. Basically is like what the room is like. It, it's it's This is bullshit. <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and his accent is so thick. Like what was he he was trying to make like this all American kind of movie, but this dude's yeah. accent is so goddamn thick. It's like he sounds like a, a vampire from like Romania or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's and he does these awkward laughs all through the movie. He's like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> so fucking unnatural. And he, oh, my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Bye. Ha ha ha. Like that all takes place in the span of like three seconds. That whole scene. Anyway. Have you seen the movie The Disaster Artist? I have. Yeah, it's also very good. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, fuck with some cats. Well, let's fuck with Luca, actually. Let's not fuck yeah, with cats. Yeah, let's not fuck with cats. No, don't fuck with cats. Remember that. This is a Netflix... One of, the, one of the rules. Yeah. One of the unwritten rules of the internet. Which I didn't know. I did not know that rule. Did you? No, I just think it's an unwritten rule, period. It's not just an internet thing. Like, just don't fuck with cats. Like, you, you know, why? They're not doing anything to you. Like, just leave them alone. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say don't fuck with like children either. But uh, apparently, oh, yeah. apparently that's okay. Don't do that. That's okay. According to the lady in the, this documentary, that's fine. You just don't fuck with cats. Um. Anyway, this is a. Well, I don't remember her saying that. No, but okay. she was talking about. Um, she was talking about like the dark web and how there's all kinds of, you know, basically anything you would want to see is on on the internet now. You know, like people getting decapitated and you know all kinds of sex stuff and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But the one rule that everyone understands is you don't fuck with cats. Um. And, and that's kind of except people who fuck with cats. Yeah, like Luca. Yeah, yeah, this sick motherfucker. But anyway, this is a Netflix documentary, and it came out what? last year. Oh, is it, it's already a year old? Yeah, I guess it is. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, it came out last year. But probably not like a full year old. But like, um, no. But I mean, yeah, it, it's not fully uh, a year old yet because it's it it came out like I think. Uh, well, why don't later why don't we look year. this up? When did Don't Fuck with Cats? come out uh december 18th 2019 so it was like yeah. basically on the cusp of 2020 that's right yeah, okay. that's what i'm saying so yeah. that's so it, it's, it's a fairly at new the end of the year it's a fairly new um documentary and um i don't it's know it's a three-part uh mini-series docu-series like a lot of, uh, uh netflix docu-series are um and it's quite good I would say uh, it's definitely one of the better ones out there. I thought the direction by Mark Lewis was uh, really well done. The editing in particular, I I, I thought was great. Uh, How they edited everything together and made, you know, what really could just be boring looking things like, oh, somebody typing on the internet, somebody doing a search, somebody logging into Facebook or doing all of that. But the way it was edited, it made it... uh, exciting to watch yeah and and interesting it wasn't like boring because that easily could be boring if there isn't any kind of you know special kind of flair to the editing to to uh to punch things up uh des murray and uh yeah he was the online editor for uh for some of the episodes and uh this whole uh editing was done by michael hart so Huge uh, props to him. I would like to say that, like, a lot of people seem to have a knee-jerk reaction to just the title of this documentary. Yeah. And I would like to say that the... And we're not censoring it, by the way. It's don't fuck with cats. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've already surmised that at this point, because we've already said fuck, like, you know, a hundred (laughs) times. But is that anything any different than what we normally do? (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's why, you know, there was never any question of whether we were going to censor that or not. But um, that would just be weird. Man, Skype is fucking up again. Are you you there, Mikey? Yeah, I can hear you. You just kind of phased out. Anyway, um, (laughs) no, but uh, I will say about this documentary that there is... um, some depiction of animal abuse, which typically I just avoid wholesale. Um, yeah, you I, don't I, even you haven't even seen uh, segments of Unsolved Mysteries like the bird one or or the uh, the, the dog kennel Bobo the seal. Yeah, no, yeah. I just I just can't I can't I'm not vegan. I'm not you know oh I'm not going to eat animals. Like I'm you know I've come to peace with the fact that I am okay with eating animals but Mm -hmm. that's kind of a out of sight out of mind thing 
Um, I'm th- I think thank God that we don't live back in the you know frontier times where you actually have to hand kill an animal and rip yeah. its guts out and all that. I mean, if it's for survival, that's one thing. You know, it's either you or them. Um, and obviously, we don't have to do that nowadays. Anyway, I digress. The, basically, what my point is, is the whole animal abuse part is like literally 10% of the movie, if that. Yeah, exactly. It's such the, the a series, yeah. It's such a small part of the documentary. And they don't even show that much of it. No, they don't show they the really most. Don't. They don't show the most graphic parts. They show the they cut away. They, yeah. they have people talk about it. You might hear some audio, but you don't really see the graphic parts. And that actually makes it even more effective if you ask me, cuz it just forces your mind to try to put the pieces together. I think it would and, have been bordering on like um exploitation. Yeah, if they had shown that honestly. So I'm glad I'm glad they didn't actually show it. Um we don't need to see the full thing, you know. It's enough to describe yeah, it I, yeah. and show I it. don't need to see cats getting kittens getting vacuum sealed. Or like I don't really need to see that. Tied to a stick and put into the bathtub until they dry. It's yeah, it Yeah, it, no. It, so they don't show the actual, you know, or thing. the snuff video. They don't show the the full uh murder video either. Yeah, God knows. They're, they're, the more we the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, geez, there is a lot of fucked up stuff in this movie. Yes, this is a fucked up series. But there's for sure. a lot of stuff in between too that, like, you know, is super interesting and super yes. like, like the power of the internet and and message uh-huh. boards and Facebook groups and when people really pull together and and get together and put their mind to something, uh, they they can be more effective than detectives in police departments. Yeah. In some instances, not yeah, not not, not all, all obviously, but in this case, like the fucking police force. Well, I think I think the police would have probably could have done a similar job, but I think they were behind the times in terms of like internet sleuthing, and I think they also didn't really take. They didn't really look at the case like that, and they weren't really following it the same with the same veracity as the uh, internet sleuths were, so. You know, they were they were following, you know, trying to get this guy, you know, tracing him, doing all of this, while the police still didn't really even have him on their radar. Right. So it's kind of hard to say that they, w- they don't know how to do it or they wouldn't really have done as good of a job because they don't really, they really didn't have him on their radar until he killed somebody. But that's kind of how it is with police. Uh, when you look at things like uh, mental health and mental breakdowns, like literally... There are instances where they will not do anything, and I've talked about this before because that personal experience, they will not do anything. All right, sorry guys, Skype has been messing up, so that was probably a weird edit. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about, honestly. Uh, we don't have the luxury of doing a a recap or a rewind right now because this is all happening like in real time, so... Yeah, anyway, you'll know guess, what uh, we were talking about. Fuck Skype. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Skype and fuck Luca Magnata. So anyway, w- there's this article off of junkie.com. Oh, okay, now I remember what we were talking about. We were talking about, like, uh, you were talking about how detectives and police Oh yeah, uh, were not as effective as internet sleuths, and I was talking about how, you know, it's kind of hard to really say that because they didn't really have Magnata on their radar until he killed someone. So it's kind of hard for you to be able to really determine who is better at what because 
That's just how it is. A lot of the time with police and, and, and involvement with cases, it's it's a matter of uh, of a waiting game. They are waiting for something to happen, then they get involved. I mean, it happens with mental with mental illness with people who are having a mental breakdown. I know this because I've dealt with it personally. They will not do anything. They will not get involved until something happens. Whether that something is somebody in a mental breakdown attacking someone or killing someone or whatever, that's the only time that they're going to get involved. And the same thing happens with cases like this. Oh, it's an internet video. Oh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fucked up, but we got other fucked up shit that we're dealing with on a daily basis that's higher on the fucked up scale to us. Like, and so they don't really do anything about it until until someone breaks the law essentially yeah until they break the law an even bigger law so to speak and uh, it just makes you wonder like maybe they should have like done a little bit more maybe they should have kept an eye on this guy maybe if they did then this wouldn't happen the murder would not have happened but then again it's hard to really say that 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 would have been the case it's there's so many different factors involved. It's kind of a butterfly effect thing. Like, oh, well, if they were involved earlier, then it might not have ever happened. But then it might have still happened, but in a different way. Yeah, right. Well, I, I mean... It's, all right, so let's just get di- dig into this here. Um, so this article's off of junkie.com. want to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, we're reading off this uh, and the true crime documentary series. Just to recap, it's split up into three parts. The first part is more about introducing the audience to these Internet sleuths, uh, Deanna Thompson and John Green. Uh, the rest are about, well, you they introduce you to these Internet sleuths and then they talk about the infamous uh, cat killing video and their reaction to it and the internet's reaction to it and the formation of the internet group that was responsible for tracing and trying to track this guy down. And, uh, their, then their uh, initial foray into sleuthing and trying to find him. Then it sets it up to what eventually happens when the situation escalates and he takes things to a whole nother level and uh, kills someone. Then the second part is more about the murder investigation and the murder itself and everything like that with the snuff tape, with the video. Uh, then the third part is more about his capture and the the uh, fallout of uh, this whole case and this whole incident and kind of wrapping things up with the uh, with the uh, internet sleuths and, and their lives and everything. Right. So I'm just going to start with the story of Luca Magnata. Um, Before Luca Magnata was a murderer, he was an animal abuser. Back in 2010, a mystery man uploaded a video onto YouTube titled One Boy, Two Kittens. The video featured a male in a hooded jacket vacuum sealing two kittens until they suffocated and died. The clip sparked outrage online and led to Bowdy Movin' whose real name is um, Deanna Thompson, but that's her, like, internet, you know, name or whatever. And this guy named uh, John... I think it's because she she uh, used the name because she was a fan of, what is it, Beastie Boys? Yeah, they, Beastie Boys have a song called Body Moving. So it, her name was kind of a 
affectation of body moving. It's bowdy, move on, or whatever. Um, so anyway, uh, the clip sparked outrage uh, online and led to, I'm just going to call her Deanna. Deanna and this guy named John Green creating the Find the Kitten Vacuumer for Great Justice Facebook group. So that's how all this began. This fucked up YouTube video was uploaded where this dude tortures these cats. These two people see it and get so outraged that they create a Facebook group. The Facebook group consisted of people from all over the world determined to uncover who the animal abuser was. This this royally pissed off a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And they showed like screenshots of people's uh, comments and some were, you know... The typical, oh, that's fucked up. I, I hope he gets, you know, caught and da da da. And then the other one's like, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna kill you. Gonna find you. I'm gonna fuck you. That's bizarre. Yeah, no, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna fuck you up. That kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, he Luca would probably like that. You know, if somebody found him and fucked him, that's a whole different thing. Well, it depends uh, if they're <laughs> as vain as he was. Then maybe. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yes, yeah, the kind of just the crazy comments where people just go to extremes. Where like, I'm going to find where you live, and I'm going to cut your face off and shove it up your ass. You know, those kind of Which things. is hilarious because it's like, you know, it's so gruesome what he did to the cats. But then these yeah. people are talking, these people like literally stoop to his level in a matter of minutes. You know, uh-huh. it's like, like I'm going to cut off your head and shove it up your ass. It's like you, you <laughs> literally will be just as bad as Luca if you do that. You realize that, the irony of that. But anyway, together they analyzed Luca's video frame by frame. They looked at plug sockets on the wall to narrow down the killer's location because, as most people know, uh, electrical plug sockets are different in, in almost every country. England has different plug sockets than Japan, than the U.S. So mm-hmm. even looking at a room's plug socket will narrow down the location. They list- Even if it's blurry as hell and you can't, eat, it just looks like a white blob. Yeah. They were able to, they were able you know, to figure it out. They, list- they looked at the blanket on his bed. Yeah. They looked at all these other different details. They listened to the background sounds to determine the languages that were heard. And that one was really crazy. Like at first, like I, I was like, okay, I, I kind of picked up it was Russian uh, on the first initial listen. So it wasn't like, oh my god, it's a, it's a mind-blowing thing, it was Russian. But what was even crazier was that it was a Russian show. So Luca did that on purpose. That was a red herring. It was a red herring. He, you know, Luca's fucked up and he's a, a, a sicko, but he's honestly really, he was really intelligent. He still is probably really intelligent. Yeah, like he did that to make people think that he was, you know, in Russia, and they found out it was a Russian show, but it was, turns out it was something he planted to throw people off. Uh, The group even went as far as to find the online sellers of blankets and vacuums seen in shots Mm -hmm. to find some clue of who the cat killer was. Luca, and it is actually very interesting... Because they show this weird yellow vacuum in, you know, as they're analyzing the frame. And Deanna's talking about how she learned that they have literally internet message boards for everything. And and come to find out, there's an internet forum for vacuums. And she posts the frame of the vacuum and she goes, can anyone tell me what 
model what make it and model of vacuum this is and then like multiple people were like hey yeah totally yeah like, the, it's this one yeah the, it's this particular vacuum that was only sold in north america and then she was able to go to like a pawn shop and like find the exact vacuum that was seen i think she went to i went she i think she went to actual store oh, okay like a vacuum, vacuum store. store okay but yeah like um, that's how far they went in this video yeah. which is insane because like that would be like if someone watched one of my youtube videos and they were able to determine where i got my bookcase from you know they yeah. they analyzed like the certain characteristics of my bookshelf and they were able to trace uh-huh. it back and like even the blanket like the wolf blanket he had on yeah. his bed they were able to trace it back to ebay they they found it on a seller on ebay and they found like there was like one it was sold to like one person and they were they I I don't know if they were able to get that person's information, but I think no, because eBay doesn't really provide that. Yeah, which is good, honestly, that they don't, because that's that um, kind of a privacy violation. Yeah, it is for sure. But yeah, uh, so they narrowed it down to uh, North America, and North America is more than just the United States. Yes. So Luca continued to post videos featuring more kitten killing as the group scrambled to identify him, and like I said, there's. One where he ties a fucking cat up to like a broomstick and lowers yeah. it into a fucking like, bathtub. Just, just hearing the people talk about it is even more uh, hard to. I mean, because it's just because people have seen it and you can see their emotions. Yeah, it's on their faces. It's like when they don't even about these videos. They don't even want to be saying the words that are coming out of their mouth, but they have no. they have to because that's what actually happened. Or just seeing uh, Deanna like watch a little bit of the video and then like you know break down and pause yeah, it's and, fucked you know, up man it's like goes yeah, against it, it goes against any decent person's natural human nature which is to protect and preserve you know i mean just uh, i think it was john green or whoever it was just just the person whoever said that you know just the the image of seeing the life leave the eyes of that kitten is like something that I'll never forget. It's like, yeah, like I don't need to see the video. Yeah. Like I'm just putting that in my head right. right now and it's 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 incredibly upsetting. I don't need to see the video to to uh to realize how upsetting that is. So just a cute little kitten and then the life just draining out of its eyes just I mean, honestly, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty much that way for any living creature. I mean, even yeah. I even I don't even really like killing roaches if i do kill a roach i like to splat it like to its quick you know quick and hopefully painless i hate using raid or those bug sprays on insects because they i like they instantly you can tell they are suffering like as soon as you spray it on them they're like freaking out and they're probably they're probably like oh my god oh my god what the fuck i'm dying you know and it's a very Mm -hmm. slow painful death uh, that's why i like stepping on them if possible but i don't i don't even like doing that with insects so i'm very I'm not like a big animal person, but I just don't like causing suffering to anything, any living thing, well, yeah. whether it be a human or an animal, whatever it is. So it goes I mean, against our basic decently big an- people. You know, yeah, I'm a big animal person. You know, I have a cat. I'm looking at it, my cat right now, just hanging out on, on the bed and just thinking about some sicko putting him in a, a vacuum sealer bag and suffocating him or drowning him or feeding him to a python. It's just incredibly upsetting do you actually like olympus today is he being a good cat oh yeah he's being a good cat right now 
<laughs> he ta- he's being quiet. He has a tendency to to fuck with your videos sometimes. Actually, cats fuck with you in your videos sometimes because uh, there's been a to- many times where Olympus has jumped onto <laughs> a shelf behind you or something, which is always hilarious when that happens. Yeah, your reaction is more funny than the cat actually because you're like Olympus, come on, man, like what the fuck. <laughs> Pretty funny. Anyway, I digress. Um, In 2011, a year after his first video, Luca uploaded Bath Time, LOL, where he drowned a kitten taped to a broomstick. A week later, Python Christmas, a video of the same man feeding a live kitten to a snake, was shared online. And speaking of the Python Christmas one, uh, this uh, article doesn't mention the, uh, the other red herring that they were involved with, where they were... Because they were technically speaking to Luca with this account. Like, what was the name? Like, something... Oh, yeah. In my ass, yeah, right? Some, yeah, something... He made some fake account called, like, Fist in My Ass or something like that. <laughs> no, it's... it's <laughs> I kind of want to see if I could find the name of that account, because it was, it, was, it was pretty... Uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was it was a shell account which Luca made many of those because like see he was he 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 caught wind that people were were coming after him and so he enjoyed it he he enjoyed that people were trying to figure out who he was Jamsy crams a lot in his ass Jamsy crams a lot in his ass yeah well and that actually wasn't the real that wasn't Luca it was some other guy who was just being a troll. Yeah, and what happened was it's actually really tragic. Yeah, it is. Uh, he was being a troll, and then once the group zeroed in on him and thought that he was one hundred percent Luca, or one hundred percent the guy who, because they didn't even know it was Luca at this point, they just thought he was one hundred percent this this uh, kitten killer, and they went absolutely hard on him, and he ended up killing himself. Yeah, he had already had like mental problems, depression. It was a depression and everything. That that being said, like that kind of trolling is like, dude, like and then the video of like burning a cat, like did he actually do that? Yeah, or was yeah. that some other I video think, he found? I think it was like I don't like a, I think it was like a a copycat kind of thing. But yeah, he poured he had a cat and I fucking hate even describing this. Anyway, he did a fucked up thing to a cat. I don't even want to describe what happened. Yeah, he just squirted what lighter fluid in a in a cage and lit it on well, fire. Well, okay, Mike just described it. Uh, there you go. Um <laughs> sorry, but I mean it, it's just it kinda it's but I don't even know if it was real or not. Oh, and it I was don't know real. if he but I don't know if he did it. He could have found that yeah, on like have. what, like some other deep website or whatever, and just oh look, I'm a, I'm I'm so edgy. I hate that. I do too. I hate that kind of shit. I, I do too. I think it is so childish. Like it's so childish. It's so screams, mommy, daddy. They didn't give me enough love, so now I'm gonna act out and do all these naughty things because I'm I'm a bad boy. Like like you know like what like the bad boys on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I mean, I know it- you should seriously look those up. It's hilarious. TikTok gets on my fucking nerves. But but at least the, the compilation videos are just uh, laugh out loud hilarious at these bad boys on TikTok. Oh, so... is it like wannabe gangsters and shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's worth watching. Then I love I love laughing <laughs> at fucking people trying to act tough when they just look embarrassing. But anyway, yeah. um, what was I talking about? Um, 
Yeah, like like those people, like like for instance, when somebody like edge lords, yeah, edge lords, like uh, like when when uh, Chester Bennington uh, hung himself or whatever from Lincoln Park, like literally like that day or or soon thereafter, someone on my Facebook posted some kind of meme that was like making a joke about Chester killing himself. It's like okay, like you know, I know this phrase is used overused, but you know, too soon, man, like. I'm not one of those, like, comedy policemen that, like, sits around and says what you can and can't joke about, but the dude just killed himself, and you're, you're gonna be Mr. Edgy, oh, look at me, I don't care, I'm, I don't have any feelings, because it's cool to not have feelings, because feelings are gay, you know, like, because that's, that's how these people think, you know, like, being sensitive and being, you know, uh, well, maybe, you know, and speaking of Jamsey, maybe that's why he was so part of why he was so depressed. He never really, you know, let uh, feelings out. He never really, you know, if he had grief that he was dealing with in his life for whatever reason, he never really faced it. And so he was constantly dealing with depression because of this whole feelings are gay and didn't really, you know, let himself experience those feelings or express those feelings. And then... You know, when this whole thing happened and he was doing his edgelord thing that probably his friends were a part of and probably was something that he got people to laugh at and made him feel somewhat whole, he uh, then it was just too much for him and it sent him over the edge and took his own life. Yeah, like... Which just goes to show you the internet sleuths can be wrong, too. Right. Well, and, and there, there's the whole witch hunt mentality, which is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, show me any edgelord and I will show you someone who is emotionally underdeveloped, someone who has who's had trauma in their life or or whatever. They're damaged people. They're not just doing it for the lulls. They're they're fucked up in some way. And this is uh, how they, you know, deal with their own mental yeah. fuckery because that being said uh you know the the group definitely does share a little bit of the blame for pushing him over the edge well as, yeah you know, i mean as a, they should because i mean they they went after this guy without i mean i guess that's where having proper police procedure yeah. is a good thing because it's like innocent until proven guilty well he was guilty and and had to prove his innocence pretty much um and uh, Luca, though he picked up on that, like he he but he was he was probably I think he was a member of the group, but under a different name, and he was uh, he just trolled the group with the Python Christmas video because he wore a Christmas hat just like the Jamesy crams a lot in his ass profile. And what I found, uh, I, it's so funny saying that seriously. Jamesy crams a lot in his ass. <laughs> you imagine Robert Stack talking about, you know. He went by the internet pseudonym Jamsy Crams a lot in his ass. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be that would that would be very humorous. Um, um but uh speaking of the internet sleuths and how impressive they are, when they found the photo, like Jamsy's photo, and they cross-referenced it and found it on some uh what is it, a gay porn site? Yeah. Which I think ultimately kind of I don't know if it was the same gay porn site that Luca was on, or it was de- it was definitely one another gay porn site. So they they were still kind of on the right track before they even knew that they were on the right track. I learned a lot about uh, reverse image searching from yeah. watching this documentary. I did mm-hmm. not know all the data that is packed into a JPEG, like an an internet image, like. <laughs> 
Yeah, I could tell you like what the coordinates are. Yeah, I could tell you the coordinates. I can tell you like what f- model phone took the fucking picture. I mean, it's it's got all kinds of metadata stored in these pictures, um, which is insane. Unless you're tech savvy enough to to remove it. Yeah, right, right. Which I think he did on some of them. Yeah, but anyway. So speaking of the fake, speaking of fake accounts, you can tie ties into uh, Luca's uh, fan groups and his videos and his. His uh, photoshopped pictures of him and and hot yeah, we'll tubs get to we'll get to that various places. Uh, I want to kind of. I don't think they mention it. Well, here. if they don't, then we'll we'll fill it in when we get further into it. Oh, okay. Um, just want to remind everyone who might be a fan of my band, Dancing with Ghosts, that we have new shirts for sale. It's like a Brady Bunch theme, but with all the characters from our music videos. If that's not a shirt you can wear to your cousin's bat mitzvah, I don't know what is. The link to purchase the new shirt is in the description of this podcast. So, amazingly, this group identified the cat killer to be Luca Magnata and found his location through images he posted online. The group tried to warn Canadian police that Luca would move from kittens to humans, but their pleas were ignored. So yeah, you you are right. They did kind of they skipped out on that. So yeah, they finally tracked down this Luca guy, and he has already he'd already placed all these additional red herrings all over the internet, like little breadcrumbs for these these internet sleuths to find. They found out um, who this person was, but they they didn't find out his real name. But they saw images of him. Like, he was living this jet-setter lifestyle. They pa- found pictures of him in Paris. They found pictures of him in, you know, Romania and all these other kind of places. But then, like, come to find out, these were all photoshopped images that he did or someone did for him. Um, and it was made to look like he was in all these places, but he wasn't. And honestly, when they were showing... The- and all of these fan groups that were on Facebook for Luca... He uh, he made them too. Yeah, he all these uh, websites that were like, "Oh, Luca's so beautiful, so hot." He made them. Yeah, he wanted to be an actor, and he was never able to do so. So, kind of almost like Tommy Wiseau from The Room, he made his own yeah. reality. I think he also wanted to be a model, and you know, he to to be fair, mm-hmm. like if you're looking at male model, like he really is kind of that in that uh, vein, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luca himself is a, a very handsome dude. Like, I mean, as fucked yeah. up in the head as he is, I won't take away from the fact that he's a very good-looking guy who could have easily probably been a, a, a male model um, if he... But I think the problem was he didn't really have uh, that much of a personality or, you know... He was like uh, he was like Elliot Roger, you know. He he was he yeah. was an introvert, you know, like yeah. maybe maybe borderline Asperger's, like very introverted person who happened to be very attractive, who could have, you know, if, if apparently he like changed his voice to sound really low, like he practiced on that. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's like my name is Luca. <laughs> you know, like, like you just like really, you know, just. Uh, and it was like he's he's from from Canada, and uh, apparently he was trying to uh, be a part of this Canadian like model reality show or something, and uh, they passed on him. And this and isn't uh, other people. This isn't Suzanne Vega Luca, not not the Luca that lives on the second floor upstairs from you. You've seen him before. 
And if you hear something late at night, some kind of trouble, some kind of fright, just don't ask me what it was. That's not this kind of Luca, first of all. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to there, Mike, but that, no, that, I that was a hit song in the 90s. My name is Luca. Okay. I live on the second floor. I, anyway, I don't know how the tune goes, but I, I've heard the song a few <laughs> times. But So, uh, yeah, he was so vain, so narcissistic that he created this online fan club. Like and this, the wording, the, the wording yeah. that was used by all these shell accounts that were commenting on his fan pages, the wording was all very similar. They, they, and that's how the internet sleuths started to narrow down uh, Luca again when he started his actual people killings. Was yeah. he would post these Craigslist ads looking for, you know, uh, basically, you know, one night stands with people or whatever. He wanted to make a film, like a porno film, I guess, or whatever. Yep. And he would use the same word, and he did this thing where he would do these double, he would hit the space bar two times, uh, at, like, at, anytime there was a period at the end of a sentence, it'd be, like, double spaced. And that was something he just always, it was like a, a habit or a tick or something that he that he just always did yep. that. So they saw this common theme in all these comments on these shell accounts, and then they figured, oh, it's the same person's making all these things. And um, so they found all the photos. They found that a lot of them were photoshopped, and then there were they did the whole thing where they looked for the coordinates on uh, the photos through uh, the reverse image search, and that's how they were able to find that he was somewhere in Canada. Yeah. They looked at uh, John Green and uh, Deanna. They went through these streets on uh, Google Maps. Yeah, because he, he had taken too. some so selfie, they, and, and behind him was like this gas station that only existed yeah. in Canada. And they, there was some, some landmarks that they were able to find, you know, who, like, what is this gas station? Where's, what are all the locations of the gas station? And they paired that together with already knowing that he was in Canada, and then I think they narrowed it down to, like, Toronto. And they literally did the Google Street View, and they just clicked down the street as if they were virtually walking down the street until they finally find the exact gas station in the background of his picture, and then they they turned the... No, I think what John Green did, he did he just found the gas station and then, like, turned the turned the image around. With the going down the streets thing was for when he was in, uh, was it Paris? No, I don't know. Or but either way, else? they ended up turning yeah. the camera around and they saw this apartment mm-hmm. complex. And then they were able to basically figure out what fucking apartment Luca lived in. And they had the cops go there to do a welfare check. And um, he was already gone. Yeah. They didn't find anything. So, but, but I liked John Green's reaction. It was like, you know, got you. You motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, John Green is like he, this guy's like weird in his own right, but but he's on the side of justice, so that's okay that he's weird. Um So anyway, in 2012, Luca Magnata did exactly what Deanna and John said he would. He murdered Chinese student Lin Jun. In true Magnata fashion, he uploaded the murder online in a video titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick which showed the gruesome last moments of his victim. After- now, this video, uh, was it uploaded to something called Best Gore or something? Uh, it's just shocking that that's even, you know, a thing. I, I, I first heard about this from 
you know, I was talking about how there's this movie called August Underground, which is just a simulated snuff film, and I'm like, this is stupid, and this is horrible, and and, and, and people are like, oh, it's supposed to be that way, you know, it's supposed to be cheap, it's supposed to be no plot, because it's a snuff movie, and I'm like, like, how do they know what a snuff film is supposed to be if they don't even exist? Because at the point in time when I was talking about August Underground, I didn't really know anything about One Lunatic and One Ice Pick. So I was just going off of, you know, what I heard before that a lot of snuff films are just, just a rumor that a murder video of a human being is on the dark web or exists in some format that you can watch. Um, I mean, August Underground is awful. Like, trust me, don't watch that movie. People, you know, this guy, this fat fuck kidnaps some girl and, you know, tortures her, ties her up in his basement, covers her in shit and does all it rapes her and is all this other fucked up shit. And there's a scene in the movie where he like he does like a hold up at a convenience store and he's all like tying people up and I don't know why anyone didn't just kick this fat fuck's ass. Like a lot of people were just like letting him like in his whatever his fucking butt buddy just uh dominate them or whatever. And so He's saying things like, sniff his ass! Oh, God. Sniff his ass! And I'm just like, this movie is ass. Why do people like this shit? Um, but teach their own. But then people were talking about, no, there is like one lunatic, one ice pick. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I never saw it because I was like, I don't want to watch that. And I knew that the song uh, True Faith by New Order was starting to get associated with this. Because I would listen to the song on the radio, or I, you know, and I like the song, and then I go on YouTube to check it out, and then I'd be like, "One lunatic, one ice pick brought me here," and I'm like, "What the fuck is? Why?" Oh, so and, you know uh, about this before even watching yes. Don't Fuck with Cats? Yes, oh, I wow. knew about oh, it, wow. but I didn't. I didn't know that Luca. Well, I did kind of know about the name Luca, but I didn't know all the details. So I saw people saying like, "Oh, here for Luca," and I'm like, "Who the fuck is Luca?" Like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. I just like this song. Like, I don't... Why is everybody talking about Luca and that One Lunatic, One Ice Pick video? Like, I thought thought One Lunatic, One Ice Pick was some kind of, like, fake uh, clickbait kind of thing, you know, or or some kind of shock video, like the Two Girls, One Cup. I swear to God, ever since Two Girls, One Cup came out and they titled it that, like, everything has been some kind of play on... That title has had such a rip-off... In the people who have done like a play on that title, you know, uh, th- there's a number and then a noun and then a no- another number, then a noun. So you can one boy, two kittens. Yeah, like like we could do like uh, two guys, one podcast. You know, like <laughs> there's any amount of variation on that theme, but it, it all goes off of the two girls, one cup video. Which if anyone out there hasn't seen two girls, one cup, uh, it's uh, it's not gruesome, but it's fucking disgusting. And psychotic. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to mm-hmm. describe it, but if you want to look it up, uh, you won't be able to find it on YouTube. You'll have to go to some... Let's say just literal shit. Yeah, literal shit is a good way <laughs> to describe it. So anyway, in this One Lunatic, One Ice Pick video, it shows the gruesome last moments of Lynn June. After Luca decapitated, dismembered, and raped Lynn June's limbless body, he put his torso in a suitcase and mailed body parts across Montreal. And in the video, that's where uh, he's playing the song True Faith uh, by New Order in the background. 
uh, because it was used in the film American Psycho. In the, I think the opening credits are one of the sequences in the film. Yeah. So, and Luca is apparently a really big fan of movies and particular films like American Psycho or... Which I have seen. Basic Instinct. Multiple times. It's a great film. It is. It's fantastic. But uh, he, he started to think that he was actually uh, Patrick Bateman or something. Like he's <laughs> Yeah, to a certain... Yeah, I mean, he looked up to these psychopaths and these, these you know, social deviants, obviously. Um, Although what's interesting is when he was a kid, he was watching, like, wholesome, like, old-school black-and-white... Casablanca. Movie, you know, movies with, like, uh, stars like Gene Harlow and stuff like that, and... It was just one of those kind of just to go from that to Casablanca to American to literal you know to American Psycho, and then Basic Instinct, you know it's just crazy. So after his vile act, Luca fled to Paris and then Berlin, where there was an international manhunt for the, for him. At this point, the Canadian police have gotten involved, and then they've you know gotten in contact with you know Interpol and. So now they've also decided to work with the Facebook group. Yeah, they actually joined the damn Facebook group because they had the Facebook group had so much information that they had amassed that finally the police department was like, "Okay, I guess we should maybe listen to them." Well, I mean, they knew about the, you know, the murder video and everything like when the investigator uh uh she Claudette, she was talking about like, "Oh, you know, we saw the the body parts and the suitcase and found these clothes and we found this you know these weapons we found this poster and you're watching this documentary this part i think it's in, i think it's in the second part and you're watching this and you're like it's him it's him it's in the video <laughs> like that's in the background of the video you know you're like it, it look it all looks so familiar to you everything and he has his ID or whatever that he's thrown in there. And so the police are initially thinking, oh, it's a missing person. It's like, or he's, this is the person who was murdered. Like, not he is the one that did it. Which, which, yeah, that's what they would think. And most police investigations, when you find that much evidence and that much proof of somebody's identity, a lot of people look at it like, oh, this murderer wants to let us know that this person is dead. And exactly who it is, but that's that that wasn't the case. So they were on the wrong track initially. They thought they were looking for someone who killed Luca, not looking for for Luca. Um, and he had like these cryptic messages and stuff. Like he would, he, there was something on the wall that he it, that he wrote in blood that said something like what? Like if you don't like the the face you see in the mirror, close your eyes or something. Yeah, so something like something like that, and uh, he also so he did the whole thing with. He also sent uh, all the body parts. He sent the body parts to uh, politicians, yeah, to get even more notoriety and infamy. So. Uh, when he went to, when he fled to Europe, basically, he adopted a bunch of alias names. He was able to dodge detection, but eventually was arrested, extradited, and charged and sentenced to life in prison. At trial, Luca pleaded not guilty and blamed his actions on poor mental health and a mystery man named Manny, who allegedly forced him to commit his crimes. 
So I found the message. It's if you don't like the reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. Yeah. And then he also uh, sent a letter with one of the body parts that says, Roses are red, violets are blue. The police will need dental records to identify you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you... (laughs) I had to put the bitch in there at the end. Like, that doesn't rhyme. It's not very poetic. So, yeah, the, the, the kind of B story to this whole documentary is that we get introduced to Luca's mom, um who is Anna Yorkin. And I'm surprised that they even got her on this documentary, you know, with how... It does not paint her in a very positive light. No, it paints her as uh, kind of a bitch who is in denial. Um, First of all, she takes issue with this internet uh, group, basically saying that they were stalking my son. They were Uh going through all these crazy lengths to find out where he lived. And she's like, you know, what a bunch of losers. Don't you guys have anything better to do? You know, and my son, uh, you know, didn't, didn't do this. And they're looking for the wrong, wrong guy. You know, my son started becoming a male escort or, or whatever. And he started, you know, um, basically like having sex with men for money until he got involved with this one guy named Manny. And this guy, Manny, would uh, basically... This mysterious shadow figure. Yeah, Manny basically took control of Luca's life, uh, had to know where he was at, what he was doing, made Luca do things to uh, people and the animals, and that's, you know, what all the videos were about. That was all Manny's sick. And she would point to uh, the one of the videos and be like... Oh, there's a third hand in one of these videos. That's Manny. Yeah. It's not Luca. And they even had a lawyer that that was on the documentary that uh, kind of uh, added credibility to Luca's story by saying he actually came in here years ago. He was shaken. He was, you know, very reluctant to talk, but he finally, you know told him about this Manny person and so basically it was trying he was trying to like establish photos of abuse as well yeah he was trying to establish credibility that this Manny person actually did exist and so they're trying to go with that angle and the mom has already you know bought into this hook line and sinker she's convinced that this Manny person has been the puppet master this whole time and her poor sweet little boy has been blamed for all these horrible things and it's not his fault she even used the puppet master cliche, like you, you know, you're not, you're, you need to find the puppet master, right? You know, because the puppet master, the puppet master is behind it all. My son is innocent. I, I, I get it. And then you find you out, know, Manny's- families don't really want to admit or or to believe the the truth that their their loved one or or you know their kid is is a sociopath or a murderer. Right. Like they don't want to believe that. And because they still look at their kid like it's their little boy or their little girl, you know, right. a lot of parents are like that. They, 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 that's what they see when they see their kids and they just can't even, it doesn't even cross their mind that that could even happen. But then there are other parents that are like, as soon as they find the evidence and they look up the evidence and they see the mountain evidence that suggests that their kid is a murderer, they come to the conclusion that that's true and that's horrible and it's devastating and i've lost someone that 
you know, is my blood and is, is was a big part of my life and I love and, and, but like, no, <laughs> they're not innocent. Like they did it. Yeah. It's gotta be, uh, um, it's gotta be a very, uh, it's gotta be the biggest mind fuck ever because uh, like, for instance, the BTK killer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was fa- finding out your father. He was found yeah. guilty. And then, you know, the daughter is interviewed in the documentary that we watched about him. And, you know, she's like, yeah, he's this demon, this awful person, but I still love him. He's my dad. And I didn't see any of that side of him. So it's like got to be this. So, I mean, I'm sure Luca's mom is in the same boat, but. She's in denial. She's in denial because then in the documentary they expose the what basic instinct angle, which is a movie that uh-huh. Luca is obsessed with, and he even sent her. He even uh, got her like uh, keychains that have the basic instinct poster in it. Yeah, and basically in the movie, the manner in which uh, the Catherine Trammell, uh, the the actress, uh, the character played by Sharon Stone. Yeah, the manner in which she kills her fling i don't know the guy that she's sleeping with and all this other kind of stuff is this with an ice pick yeah it's, it's all <laughs> mirrored in how luca killed lynn june and yep. there's even a manny manny is one of the manny vasquez yeah that's one of the aliases that luca had used from way back when and wasn't there a Manny in that movie as well, Basic Instinct? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Manny Manny Lopez is the fake uh, Manny that he's he's uh, saying is the one that's behind all of this and his uh, story that he's trying to set up long before he does the murder, so he has an out. Right. And uh, for people saying, oh, he's schizophrenic, he's crazy, like, in mental illness, like, that's the word, like, okay, if that's the case... He's incredibly meticulous and incredibly uh, intelligent in these schizophrenic these schizophrenic episodes to be able to do stuff like that to think that far ahead of time and to be that detailed and I mean even when he went to the attorney the attorney he chose him on purpose Romeo Salta because he reminded him of Michael Douglas. <laughs> Yeah, he even said... Who was the star in Basic Instinct. Yeah, he even said, uh, you know, do, do you ever get... Comp- have you ever been told that you like um, Michael Douglas or whatever? And he's like, yeah, I've gotten that a few times. So, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he set this all up ahead of time. And and, and even in the video where he's he's been caught, captured, he's been caught. And he's sitting in a chair... And the investigator is talking to him and trying to get him to, you know, give some more information. And here he is with his legs crossed, smoking a cigarette, just like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Yep. It's creepy. With a smirk on like, his face. Like, this is his moment, you know? Like, this is his time. Like, he's he's playing out his fantasy. And I'm sorry, but I, one of my best friends has schizophrenia, and she's taking medication for it and she's like stable now but when she had her full-blown schizophrenia she did not have the sanity of mind to orchestrate anything like what this luca guy did i mean it it interrupts your life like it it makes you do shit that doesn't make sense like she one time rode her 
tried to ride her bike to Miami because she just thought it was a good idea and thought it was a completely feasible thing to do. She would hear voices. She would have visual hallucinations. Yeah, Luca's trying to say that because I, I I read something on a different article that's trying to say, oh, what uh, don't fuck with cats doesn't tell you is even more shocking, which is just clickbait, total clickbait, and um, it's try it says that oh you know they looked at some you know people who are you know mental health experts they saw that you know he might have had uh, schizophrenia and da 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 da. And he he was interviewed and he was saying things like, oh, I started hearing voices when I was 17 years old. But this could all just be another uh, game that he's playing. Yeah, I just don't think that you have the faculties about you to, you know, book an airline flight, successfully get on the airplane, avoid detection. And do it it to Paris on purpose because it's a reference to the movie Casablanca. Right. Because of the last scene where it says, oh, I guess we'll always have Paris. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, yes, he has a mental illness, but it's not, it, it, you, you can't, uh, you, he's, I would not throw his case out or guilty by reason of insanity or anything like that. Like, yes, he needs therapy. He needs medication, but that does not excuse anything he did. Like it, no, you know, it, it added fuel to the fire, I'm sure, but he did all this shit with total, you know, presence of mind. And I mean, with the whole thing that when he killed, Ju- uh, June Lin, he, uh, keeps going. Cause they show the, the camera tape, the tape, uh, from the hotel and it goes in with June Lin, then walks out. June Lin's not there. He's also wearing Jun Lin's shirt, which I guess, you know, maybe that wouldn't be, isn't automatically a, a sign of murder, but it's definitely uh, strange. You just met this person, they disappear, and you're coming out wearing their clothes. Well, I mean, you know, if it's like a hookup type situation, which is what Lin Jun thought it was, that would not necessarily be unusual. No, but that's what I said. It's still, it's still weird. It's not common, especially after a first time, you know, meeting uh, or whatever, I, I, even if it's like a one night stand. I've had, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of common sometimes. <laughs> so what, you've walked out with other people's clothes? I haven't walked out on? with the female's clothes, but sometimes a female <laughs> has walked out with my shirts on. Yeah, that's a different, that's a different situation, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, it, it's not automatically a murder thing. But, I'm glad uh, that uh, I'm glad his... that the judge didn't uh, buy into that bullshit for one second because his ass was sentenced to. Uh, oh yeah, you know the the book was thrown at him. The book was totally thrown at him hard. He was he was not uh, let off for insanity or anything like that. So Luca wanted to get caught. He sought out fame for most of his adult life, and when he couldn't achieve that, he made sure his name would go down in history one way or another. Luca's failed attempts at reality shows, acting and modeling, were overshadowed by his false relationship with another Canadian killer. In 2007, Luca spread online rumors about himself dating Carla Homolka, one half of the Ken and Barbie killers. Aware- Which is a crazy case. Yeah, in its own right, yeah. Aware that anyone associated with the killer would be the subject to public opinion and scrutiny, Luca wound up doing interviews denying claims stating that, quote, the rumors destroyed his life. 
Luca was so obsessed with fame that he made many fake fan pages uh-huh. for himself on Facebook, as uncovered by Deanna and John. His fixation on chasing fame was also tied into his fascination with film. Throughout the series, we see that Luca is a film buff through his posters, childhood home, and in interviews with his equally bonkers mother, which is, <laughs> which is a good yeah. way of putting it. Uh, but Don't Fuck With Cats shows how Luca's interest in film takes a darker turn as we find out that the one lunatic, one ice pick murder is almost entirely based on the plot of Basic Instinct. Yeah, yeah we already, yeah. yeah. In Luca's murder video, it parallels the murder scene uh, that can be seen in the film. Uh, Luca uses uh-huh. a poster of Casablanca to replicate a stained glass window, and he paints a screw- screwdriver to match the ice pick used in Basic Instinct. Um... Even one of Luca's popular aliases, Kirk Trammell, to match Sharon Stone's character, Catherine Trammell. Beyond this, Emmanuel Manny Lopez, the ex-escorting client that Luca blamed the murders on, was even linked to the film. While Luca claimed that Manny forced him to film the killings so they could be sold on the dark web, police, police never found any existence of the man. Despite Luca officially reporting abuse Years later, uh, years before the murder, police believed that this was done to create a paper trail in defense for future crimes. But movie buffs would have already known Manny was fake because in Basic Instinct, the character conveniently also has an ex-fiance named Manny uh, Vasquez. So um, they're saying that this is a sad story obscured by a, quote, funny title. Despite how good the documentary is, Don't Fuck With Cats was not the right nor appropriate title for the story. While, yes, the documentary is centered on Luca Magnata's journey from animal abuser to murderer, there's too much focus on the former. So this is just an opinion piece at this right. point. Um, I, I get people's complaints about there not being enough of a focus on Yunlin. But at the same time, they actually do at least discuss... Yunlin, and they have interviews with his friend, and I think at least in the third part, there is a section in the in the documentary series where it is explicitly saying a lot of you know really uh, good things about Yunlin and talking about how messed up it is that you know he was murdered and and the the effect that that had on on his family and. I, I think, and also at the same time, like, yes, maybe more stuff about Yunlin would have been nice. But at the same time, there are so many different people that are interviewed in this from police detectives, from, you know, uh, Luca's mother, from all these other people. And you can only focus on so many things, even in a multi part series. And let's be honest here what is, what, with a true crime documentary, what do audiences want the most? They want the details and they want the information about the killer, what happened, why the killer did what they did, what their motive was, how they got caught. And yes, it's talking about the victim as well, but I think it's just incredibly difficult to talk about the killer and the victim on the same level. I don't know about you. like I, I think that'd be an incredibly difficult thing to do. Because you only can have so much detail in a series anyway. So if you have a whole uh, ch- chunk uh, of, of scenes that are just like interviewing his his mother, the victim's mother, the victim's 
brother, the victim's school teacher, like all the kind of trying to tell the victim's life story. That could, that honestly could just be its own documentary if you want to go that route. Right. Another thing too that I I happen to believe is that uh you know uh it's it's a doc. Don't take this as a, I don't care. I I mean because that's can I definitely not I the case. my statement there, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I just wanted to make sure no one confuses the fact that like wants to think that I don't care about the victim. I do. Been noted. My take <laughs> my take on the title is that at the end of the day uh it's it's it as morbid as it sounds it's a great story that's going to get views and yeah. that's another yeah. thing people look for in crime mm-hmm. uh crime documentaries is drama they want the drama they want you know and, and let's face it don't fuck with cats is a very clickbaity title it's a bizarre title it's got the f word right in the title uh it's it's something that any anybody scrolling through netflix is going to see that title and be like, holy shit, I want to find, you know, what's this all about? They're at least going to watch the trailer or read the description. If you name this movie uh, The Twisted Mind of Luca Magnata or Rest in Peace John Lint, I mean, you know, it just sounds like any other crime drama or crime docuseries or whatever. And yeah, you're still going to get viewers, but it, it wasn't going to be as impactful as actually calling the damn thing Don't Fuck With Cats. So there was some marketing yeah. strategery in there. And this piece is also going on to say another problem with the documentary is that now it's like making people curious to seek out these awful videos and you know it's 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 um kind of it's kind of siding with Deanna at the end when it's saying that um yeah you know this concept is touched upon by Deanna at the end of the docuseries breaking the fourth wall Deanna turns to the camera and asks I hate this and ending. she asks if we're this... complicit in giving attention to those that seek it by watching the documentary itself while meta it does raise questions about whether we just gave Luca Magnata exactly what he wanted all along fame and it's like, he already had fame at this point it's yeah like what you're gonna give him more fame like what how much more fame can this guy really uh, get I guarantee he's it. already he's got a lot more after this netflix thing but the thing is though it's like oh so, so but so okay here's the thing what about everyone else what about claudette what you know the investigators what about uh, what, uh, what, what about charles manson what about btk what about jeffrey dahmer what about john wayne gacy i mean this is kind of like standard operating procedure i mean it's not like this is the first time that you know what about adolf hitler i think it's important historically to examine the um the, the yeah. motivations behind these fucked up individuals because maybe we can learn a little bit about ourselves and other people and there's some entertainment yeah. or not entertainment but there's some educational yeah. value to be learned by examining these case studies i also don't i also don't like uh the the ending just comes out of left field and you know it's very the the documentary kind of has a cheeky vibe to it at times so then at the end she's like and you you at home watching a documentary about luca magnata are you complicit i'm like no i'm not i don't i i didn't even know this documentary was about luca magnata until i started watching it first of all bitch (laughs) secondly um you know what about you like like why did you do this then if if you have that opinion why did you agree to be a part of this documentary? Because, you know, 
I don't know. If I just, you were that so, that convinced that oh, this documentary itself it it adds more to the fame of Luca Magnata, and you have an issue with it, then you should have never even took part in this. I, I and for me, I think that end statement is contradictory, and it's really lame because it just basically because very soon. Uh, uh, after, like, not after, I mean, uh, like, a few sequences before this end statement, there's the whole thing about Yun Lin, about remembering Yun Lin, about uh, paying respects to Yun Lin, and about people uh, needing to remember more about Yun Lin. And then it's like, oh, like, this documentary, like, why are you complicit? Like, duh, 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 duh. And I just thought it was kind of like, well, fuck Yun Lin then, like, because it... <laughs> I mean... It really just took the direction away, that's for sure. Even more away from Yunlin. Yeah, trying to I just, just point think, it towards. I us. think it's in general bad form to, uh, you know, put out uh, a docu series about this very serious and sick and disturbing thing, and then at the end, in any way uh, associating the audience with such evil is generally a bad practice. Uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't really appreciate that. It's like, it's like if Robert Stack turned around in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries and is like, and you at home watching this episode, are you complicit with rape? Yeah. Murder? <laughs> yeah. I think the, I think the, uh, the, <laughs> feel like, no. I think the ratings would drop a little bit if that had happened. <laughs> like, that's a very, like, uh, yeah. heavy thing to associate someone with. It's like, it's like, look, man. I think if anything, she should turn to the camera and be like, "And Netflix, are you complicit?" Because I mean, honestly, they're the they're yeah. the ones who put the documentary on their damn uh, platform and made it available to people. I mean, don't blame the but, consumer. But at the same time, I I I just that that ending is is the worst thing about this series. Yeah, uh, and it's just unnecessary. And I, you know, like you said, I think it does serve a positive purpose. You know, bringing uh more awareness of you and Lynn. And, you know, that's a huge thing. Even the little focus that they had on him, that's more, that's, that's, that's a lot because there's a lot of cases like this where it's the, they're like barely even, they don't even bother to interview, like, you know, barely, you know, just like a, maybe a couple bits about the victim, but really it's more about the, the killer and his life story and his life, his upbringing and all of that. And so it, it it actually did take the time to have some focus on Yoon Lin, the victim. Uh, the whole thing about Jamzy, uh, I think that was important to show people uh, who watch this that you shouldn't become a part of a mob on the internet, right? Because it can lead to a result that's uh, really horrible. And then, and also as a cautionary tale of don't be an edge lord. <laughs> Like, don't do this. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, it could cause more problems in your Come life. Come back and, and bite you in the ass. Yeah. Which I wish it would bite more edgelords in the ass but than it does, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. And Not in the I, way where it forces them to kill themselves, of course, but, you know, just in a way where, you know, they get a little bit caught or, you know, find... Find a little bit of more consequences for their actions, and I mean, this is this but, is also kind of another cautionary tale of uh, you know, and and I think they finally got rid of this feature, so it's kind of a moot point by now. But uh, don't go on Craigslist and uh, look for a sex partner. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, you could have easily called Luca the Craigslist killer to a certain degree, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that they met on Craigslist, so it was kind of like, hey, you know, mate. Yeah, and I think it also brought up, you know, that. And also with uh, Deanna and John Green, it brought up the legitimacy of, of Internet sleuths and how, you know, some of them actually do help. Yeah. And the police could use their influence to help solve cases, especially in the day and age of the internet. I mean, there's a lot of people out there in law enforcement and other play investigation services and places that are a little bit behind the times. Let's be perfectly honest. So, uh, it's, uh, a good thing to watch to see like, Oh, you know, Oh, we could do that. We could do that. We could do this. You know, we, there's more things that we can do to try to track criminals down so at the end of the day, I think the result is fairly positive because there's a lot of things that the documentary series brings you uh, awareness of that I don't think you would have been aware of if it w- didn't exist. Luca's going to have fame no matter what. It's just how it is. Well, I would say more, Giving more, him uh, more in- fame. Infamous. Well, yeah, infamy. But... No, it's just one of those things where he's already a part of history. It's already an infamous case. It's already uh, something that a lot of people already kind of know about or have heard about. So, to me, bringing awareness to those things is a, uh, let's just say, a worthy price to pay to give him just a little bit, you know, more, more, you know, more, uh, more fame to his already infamous reputation. Yeah, and I mean, he's spending, you know, life in, in prison, hopefully without the possibility. Of, I mean, this guy truly is a danger to society and is the perfect example of someone who needs to be locked the fuck up with the key thrown away. Uh, and yeah. His mom needs to be fucking bitch slapped. <laughs> because, <laughs> I'm not going to go that because, far. Not by okay. me, but by another female or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I would hope that she might have uh, kind of. But you know, this documentary is fairly recent, so I, I, she probably still thinks yeah, it was she Manny. thinks there's some uh, puppet master, you know, involved. Um, so there's this art. I think it also raises some interesting questions about because um, I did a video about this, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it. So, what are your thoughts on people associating songs or films or video games with uh, infamous murderers or criminals. Do you think that's fair or not? Uh, no, it's totally unfair. It's, it's completely shitty. Um, like the Beatles song Helter Skelter will always be associated with Charles Manson, unfortunately, because he thought, uh, you know, he heard a different message in that song, apparently. And he forms his own, you know, helter skelter, which is when the uh, the white uh, there's a there'll be a big race war between the blacks and the whites and blah, blah, blah. And it was all associated with that song. And, um, you know, that's it's like you can't when you put your content out into the world, you can't control what people uh, do with it, I guess. Um and it's unfortunate. Although there's some interesting cases where stuff has been banned. Like, for instance, uh, Stephen King under a pseudonym Richard Bachman. He did a book called Rage. It was about a kid who became a shooter 
you know, school shooter. And apparently there are a lot of instances where these school shooters or, you know, people who are involved in some kind of shooting, they had copies of the book. So Stephen King, I just felt like, oh, like I can't have that. So then, you know, he got the publishers to to uh, take it off uh, the shelves and no longer be published. Yeah, I. But if those people want a copy, they'll get it, or they already have a copy. But even crazier is stuff like people, like in the media when uh, the Columbine shootings happened. They were trying to be like, oh, and they play. They love to play the video game Doom and listen to Marilyn so Manson it, and Rammstein. Yeah. Uh huh. Rammstein kind of pieced the fuck out of America after they got blamed for that Columbine thing. They went to they they just yeah. played in Europe because they didn't need America. They were already famous enough in Europe. Yeah. And then when they finally came back, it was like this big deal because you know, like everyone, YouTube had come come around and all that, and you know, people mm-hmm. had seen all their music videos, mm-hmm. and there was all this like lore building about Rammstein. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 crappy, but you know, I guess sometimes it happens, and and I would fucking hate if one of my songs ever got associated with some some bullshit like that especially if it was a song of mine that i really liked you know like if it was a song i didn't so much care for it's like well i didn't care for that song anyway so i'm just not gonna ever play that again but uh yeah you know i don't know it's one of those things because i think i think true faith it's a good song i I, i've always been a fan of that song and i always will be i'm I'm not gonna be one of those it's like i can't enjoy the song anymore i wish the day would never end something something anyway so uh apparently canadian jails are the bomb i got this article up here Smoothies, sun tanning, pizza parties, music, movies, fitness, facials, and fantasies about sex with British royalty and Hollywood hunks. Hard t- wow. hard time seems to suit murderer Luca Magnata just fine, at least according to his jailhouse letters. Sleepless nights, endless phone calls, and an empty bank account are all part of being friends with one of Canada's most notorious killers. A pen pal and confidant of Luca Magnata describes it as a complicated and exhausting, quote, psychological game. The former porn actor serving a life sentence for killing and carving up a man, then mailing his body parts across the country, sends and receives lots of letters in prison in Quebec. He has hundreds of fans, the friend told the Toronto Sun, but there are about 15 or so who he lets in. Our doors are open 90% of the time, so for me, I feel like I'm in a university setting, he wrote in one of the many letters to a friend. Magnata is serving a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years for killing and hacking up June Lynn, 33, in Montreal, then mailing his body parts across the country. These days, he mails letters, lots of them. He's a prolific writer of, fr- of letters to friends, explains a friend who's received personal letters and letters he was instructed to put in a stamped envelope and send to others. In most recent correspondence to the friend, the 33-year-old killer writes of working seven days in the prison kitchen and then relaxing with art, music, sports, and reading. Quote, I just bought Celine Dion's album and a lot of others. I have a stereo and a portable for when I suntan outside, end quote. Correctional Service of Canada would not comment on Magnata specifically, but said in an email to the Toronto Sun that inmates are allowed certain amenities such as TVs and stereos. Federal inmates are also allowed to wear their own clothes, quote, provided they are approved by the institutional head, a spokesperson wrote. 
Exclusive pictures from inside prison show a relaxed magnata dressed in casual clothes, including a Versace shirt and stylish sunglasses, with earbuds surrounded by other inmates, including pedophile Jonathan LaFrance Rivard. The pictures also show the killer posing by his artwork and posters, including one of Marilyn Monroe on the walls of his cell, which looked more like a dorm room. Magnata, who was born Eric Newman, describes learning French and his many other educational opportunities. If Magnata has done any reflection or feels any remorse for killing and carving up Lynn, he doesn't mention it in the handwritten letters the son obtained, nor does he offer an explanation for his heinous crimes. In fact, he describes himself as mostly enjoying a blissful summer camp-like experience behind bars at Archambault Institution, 40 miles northwest of Montreal. Sources say he was recently transferred from the medium security prison to the maximum security Port Cartier prison, which a friend says he likes even more because it's bigger and has more amenities. Aside from complaints about some guards and doctors and the chocolate selection, he seemed to enjoy his time at Archambault. In fact, he ends up uh, his he ends his upbeat letters with the farewell messages like "Love forever, your delicious little cupcake." X O X O X O. He's saying the food's really good. He likes the Italian the best. Uh, he's bragged there's a convenience store here that is open every day that sells everything you can imagine. He says he's on a diet. Uh, but he does indulge in pizza party night with his friends. Uh, he works it off through dancing and running. Um, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever want to kill and hack up someone, do it in Canada. Specifically Toronto or Montreal, I guess. But yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's that's troublesome that his life is so good, apparently, still. Yeah. Well, I don't know. To say the least. At least he's not out in general population where he can kill innocent people. If he kills anyone now, it'll be hopefully a pedophile. Alright, I think that's all we got on uh, Don't Fuck With Cats. We're clocking in at close to two hours here. I think this is a fairly meaty podcast for, uh, you know, our, our, our apologies for being so... Uh, Late, well, not late for not even doing a podcast last week. But, you know, I think we've gone about three, almost four years without missing uh, many episodes. So I think we're doing pretty good. So that's the end of the podcast. If you want more of the uh, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries experience, please join our Facebook group. Go to Facebook.com. Go to the group section. Type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. We have a very kick-ass group with some awesome people in there. Uh, if you want to subs- uh, hit us up on Patreon and become a Patreon member, you'll get the episodes early. You can choose what we talk about, and you'll get a nice, firm slap on the ass from me and Mike. Um, that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. And finally, if you want more of me and Mike uh, separately, but entertainingly equally, then you can find us on our YouTube channels. Mike is youtube.com slash OCP communications. He is a movie buff, as some would say. And uh, Mike, what was the last video you did on your channel? So, um, the last video I did, I did a vlog where I talked about uh, created a Patreon account for my YouTube channel and showed some DVDs and Blu rays and stuff, including the AVGN Blu ray box set. 
which is honestly really cool. You like how um, AVGN just bitched about Blu-rays and he's No, I didn't. I hated that video. <laughs> so I had there in that in that vlog I also do a little bit of a rant on there. It's so ironic. I know. He- because he bitches about Blu-rays, and then at the end of the video, buy my Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm sure that video is probably going to uh, get a lot of downvotes. I, I think... I, I'm wondering if it's just a massive troll job. I, I don't mean. think so. I think James is is yeah. anal retentive enough to legitimately... Yeah. I think those were legitimate bitches from him. A lot of them were like really just hardware related. Stop using a PlayStation 3. Like, come on. Well, you're saying how the menu, <laughs> but, you like, know, bitching about the menu. It's like, dude, dude, yeah. I, I don't care about the fucking menu, man. I just want to watch the movie. Like, is the movie in 1080p instead of 480? Okay, then the Blu-ray has done its job as far as I'm concerned. So then I t- also uh, did re- uh, reviews of all three Beverly Hills Cop films, which I don't think you've seen any nope. of them, right? Nope. You know I haven't. <laughs> So that's what I've that's what I've done uh, recently on my channel. I also watched. Uh, I haven't done the review yet, but I watched the original House on the Haunted Hill recently. Vincent Price, and I enjoyed it. Nice, nice. It was a lot of fun. Well, hit that up if you want to see some uh, Mikeage. If you want some Josh solo time, then you can go over to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. I've been on a album rating frenzy lately. Uh, the last three videos I've done have been uh, rating. Albums from some of my favorite bands, such as Genesis, Rush, and most recently Pink Floyd. Um, I put them basically in, I give them grades. So, for instance, on the Pink Floyd video, I put Dark Side of the Moon in the S or Satisfactory tier. And their first album, I put in the D tier because I think it is uh, psychedelic wank. Dark Side is S? Did you get a lot of... uh See for this for this stupid tier list for whatever reason S is the highest score you can get. Oh, it goes S A B D F. Because because S satisfactory that's like in no satisfactory satisfactory is is like. Is is the best you, I think you can do. But on this tier, whoever made this tier, uh, apparently in Japan, as to what that in Japan, means. S is the highest grade you can get, or something. So it's based off of that. It goes oh, okay. S A B. All right. So that's from my understanding. I'm just used to hearing satisfactory being like okay. Uh no, uh, it's satisfying. Anyway, it's satisfying. satisfactory it's, it's is the best you can do. So uh, Dark Side of the Moon, I have it yeah. in the S tier, and then in the D tier, I have Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Pink Floyd's first album, because I think it's just psychedelic wankery that has not aged well. Um, and so yeah, I've done three videos like that so far. So there's one with all rating all the Genesis albums. I'll- Are you planning on doing other? Bands. People have requested me to do Smashing Pumpkins. I think I got one for Blink-182. Um, I'll, th- I found an easier way to record that like is making YouTube fun for me again because for like the past like year and a half or so, YouTube has not been fun. It's just felt like a chore. And um, so I want it to be fun, man. It's like I don't care how many views I get anymore. Like I want to actually enjoy making videos again, like how I used to enjoy making them. And... I just wasn't. It just felt like this fucking pressure, this, uh, you know, oh, my report's due, you know, I better hurry up and turn in my report, you know. So this has been a lot more simpler. I just set up my smartphone. I put on some, you know, some basic lighting, and I just, you know, go off the top of my head. But I'm very well spoken about all this stuff because I know a lot about these bands I'm talking about. 
and I know a lot about, you know, music uh, history in general. So anyway, those are the last few videos I did. Uh, if you want to support my band, there's a link to uh, the Dancing with Ghosts, the brand new t-shirts in the um, link or the uh, description of this podcast. And, um, you know, make sure you listen to Dancing with Ghosts on Spotify or YouTube or SoundCloud. And uh, I'm going to put in our not new song, but uh, our song Faded Neon that I failed to promote on this podcast just because I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a break from my band. But now I'm coming back at you with full force dancing with ghost shit. So, uh, yeah, until next time, have a good rest of your week and uh, see you later. See ya. Now it's time for me to play you a new song from my band Dancing with Ghosts. This song is called Faded Neon, and it's about an aging pop culture obsessed wannabe who is having trouble coming to grips with the fact that he isn't the star that his younger self thought he would be by now. This is by no means a song about myself. Uh, not not, not at all. Uh, anyways, if you like the song, check us out on Spotify and like us on Facebook. Thank you very much.